I'm Ayo Kindumila, and this is Clear Minds, Full Hearts. Do you guys remember that one basketball movie that Bow Wow played in? You know, the one where he wanted to play basketball, like Michael Jordan. I think it's called Like Mike. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you're missing out on an American classic. For decades, folks around the world wanted to play basketball like Michael Jordan, whether they're on the court or in their living room. Michael Jordan was the golden standard. Ebola was no different. Give him a ball, and he was flying in the air, determined to dunk on whatever open basket was around. My older brother, um, shout out to Cola, um, is currently getting his PhD right now. He's an ex-athlete, um, but he's seven years older than me, so I was around, I guess, three. He was 10. I really wanted to do everything he did. So whether it be soccer, football, basketball, I wanted to do everything he did. So, you know, just, you know, playing in the, the driveway, going to the park, that was really my um, fondest memories. I was an active kid. You know, I liked to, I liked to play around the house a lot. You know, I was very you know active. And um, in our living room, one of my living rooms, we had a a trophy case, a set of like our trophies. So it was glass there and stuff like that. And it was like you know, I think it's about yeah. I mean, it was our trophies. My my brother and sister, we had our trophies with a big you know, glass um set. So I'm at, I'm over here playing with my little sp- nerf nerf basketball, running around the house. You know, my parents tell me to stop. My dad tells me to stop. I I don't listen, of course. You know. Yeah, I don't, I don't do that. I'm going to do what I want to do, <laughs> but I want to be Michael Jordan. So, I mean, wow, well, you can tell me I want to fly. So, I remember running around the house. I remember we had, like, this little, like, stool couch, and I, I jumped over it, pretending I, pretending I was going to dunk, and I, you know, I fell into the trophy case, and um, a, a piece of glass broke into my, my head, and I was bleeding. So, it's funny, because I actually still have that same scar on my head, but, hey, I, you can't really see it, because I have waves, and you can't really see it. But, <laughs> but other than that, like, it was just, I was, I remember crying, and, like, Bola started playing basketball at just three years old, and he absolutely loved it. I mean, who takes scars for things that they don't love? After the living room, he graduated to the basketball court and played for AAU teams before starting to play for his high school. And he even transferred to a better high school to have opportunities to be scouted for college. Basketball was literally life, but then he got hurt. So I had, um, you know, surgery, um, was in a big cast for like, six to eight weeks and then started the, the the recovery program. So I remember I was going to this lady like probably like two, three times a week. I mean, it was it was bad. It was bad because I, I didn't really have too much strength. I mean, I couldn't it, I couldn't really even do a push up. It, it hurt to do a push up. So like that was my strength. And like I was big on, you know, getting stronger, lifting weights, but I couldn't do it because I had to regain my strength. But she helped me really, you know, she helped me a lot because we started out small, you know, Forgot, I forgot what techniques we used, but we were just, she was helping me like with just small hand movements and um, small techniques that I would build strength. And, you know, as weeks went on, I got stronger. And then um, she cleared me. It wasn't 100%, but I was, you know, 70, 80%. And as I got, you know, closer and time went on, I was able to fully regain my strength and get through that. I naturally have, well, not naturally, I'm just used to shooting. I have a kind of a flat shot. You know, when people shoot, some people have like a high arc. They shoot it high or they shoot it flat and like, I wouldn't say that was one of my weaknesses, but like I just that was just how I used used to shoot. Like I, it would go in, but like it was um you know kind of flat. But when I broke my wrist, it got even flatter. Like I had to like really focus on getting arc and really pushing you know pushing through that pain because um it was my right wrist, it wasn't my left wrist. So um but it was it was it was good because even when I was in my cast or just rehabbing, I worked a lot on my left hand. Uh, and obviously my left hand was a weakness, but it became a strain because I was able to you know drill the ball with my left hand and really work on that. And once I came back, it was kind of like equal. A lot of those schools that were looking at me, um, 
my junior year and before I got hurt, a lot of them weren't really contacting me anymore. So I was like, okay. I mean, I took it as motivation. You know, I knew that. You know, I knew, I knew my abilities. And I knew my, you know, the way I could, you know, help my team. So it was, um, it was great. I mean, I obviously try to stay healthy. You know, but I, I pushed through. I was like, you know, one last ride. I'm gonna go all in and you know let God do what He can do. You know, I'm not gonna play because this, this is thing when players come from injuries, they come, they play scared. Sometimes they play like they don't want to go full speed because they may think, oh, if I make this cut, I may. It may happen again, but I think if you, I think you, you're more, you're more prone to injury if you kind of play scared. So I just tried to play, you know, free and wild, and um, we had a good season. We made the state. I mean, the season was good. Like, I mean, I was able to help my team. Uh, I grew, grew as a player, grew as a leader, and it was, um, I mean, I was just happy to play because, like I said, I didn't. It was I didn't tear my ACL. I, I didn't, I didn't get paralyzed. I didn't, you know, I was able to play. Not a lot, of, not a lot of people are allowed to, you know, do that. So I mean, I just, I was just thankful to God. That I was able to really play and just kind of just be around my teammates. Bola was able to come back for his senior year in high school, but that wasn't the end goal. He was going to play in college, but what school would he go to? Scouts were looking at him sophomore year, but many pulled back after his injury. At the time, man, I mean, I'm 17, 18 years old. I'm, I just want to go D1. I mean, I knew that I missing my junior year was tough for me because I was – you know, I wasn't seen by a lot of schools that were on me, but at the time, I mean, I'm a homebody, so I was kind of looking at schools like close, whether it be Texas or Oklahoma. But then again, like at the time, I was like, I just want a D1 scholarship. I just want to go um, anywhere that the team that believes me. You know, I got to a point where I was hearing from a lot of JUCOs and um, um, another a school in Utah, Southern Utah, their D1, their low um, division one, they were looking at me pretty hard, but they were, you know, taking some time to offer me. I was just, Kind of like you know, I wasn't like bog, you know, annoying them. But I was just like, yo, I, I had a good season. Like, what's up? What's up? But then again, like it's it's, it's a business. I mean, they they by the time while I was injured, I'm sure they were offering other kids. But you know, and no disrespect to JUCO, I, I didn't really want to go that route at the time. I wanted to go to a four year university, get my education, and play. And um, at the time, like I said, I could have, I, I could have waited a little bit longer after my um uh, senior season around that March April time period. But I was like, at the time, I was like, you know. I'm not sure where I want to go to school yet. Like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't nerve wracking, but I was like, damn, like I should be, I should know where I'm going to school. But, um, I reached out to Oklahoma. Oklahoma was the biggest school that looked at me before my injury. Um, they hadn't offered me a scholarship, but they, they had interest in me and, um, they had offered kids and stuff like that. But Oklahoma stood out to me because, um, one, it was close to home. It was a good school, good conference, big 12. And, before I was injured, that was the only school I actually visited. They they let me do a couple unofficial visits. I got to play with guys. I remember, I'm sure you know who Buddy Hill is. I got to go play with those guys, and um, it was great. Got to meet Coach Kruger, um, well-respected Hall of Fame coach. And um, they were, um, you know, I reached out to them, and they didn't have any scholarships available, but they offered me a preferred walk-on spot. And um, at the time, you know, it was, it, was good. it was good for me because, I mean, I knew that it was a place for me that I could – you know, go to school first and play on the team. You know, I didn't really, you know, obviously I wanted a scholarship, but they told me, you know, if you work hard, you know, you never know what's going to happen because you hear about, you know, walk-on stories turning to scholarship. But then then again, I'm just blessed and fortunate enough that I had a family that could afford for me to go to college even, you know, without scholarship. So I didn't really take that to heart. I just knew that, hey, it's a, a you know, a team I could grow on, just help and just kind of just, you know, go to school. And like, I had a cousin that was already there. Oklahoma was good. And I, I jumped out and I went there. 
Now, if you don't know, the University of Oklahoma was and is still kind of a big deal. Like pure athletic magic comes out of there. Just do a quick Google search and you'll be like, wow, she's right. It's like a professional athlete production factory. In this school, let Bola come on as a preferred walk-on. They were like, we can't offer you a scholarship, but we like you so much, so come play with us. And he did. As soon as he got there, he loved it, and he hit the ground running. Other than that, I was able to, you know, practice with the team, do everything, you know, weightlifting, meetings, and everything. But that was a good season because uh, we were, I mean, not only were we winning, but um, we were building something bigger, you know what I'm saying, like, we had guys like Buddy Hill, Isaiah Cousins, Ryan Spangler, Jordan Woodard. Uh, those are, you know, leaders for us that, you know, took us, you know, from start to finish. And uh, Coach Kruger and the assistant, assistant staff, they helped us, you know, through the whole, you know, season. And uh, we just, you know, we kept focused, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's when you're a student athlete, you have a lot of temptation, a lot of distractions, a lot of uh, things that can take you off off track. But, you know, they did a good job. And our, my teammates, we were a tight, close-knit group that we did everything together, and that helped us. Chemistry is big. I mean, it's and it's not. I'm not saying it was perfect when I was at OU, but like it was, it was good enough on and off the court. Their chemistry was definitely good that year. They made it to the March Madness tournament, and they went back the year after. Now it's really hard to get to March Madness. You have all the Division One basketball teams trying to make it to this tournament, and only 64 get there. OU was one of them. Unfortunately, there is no tournament this year because of COVID-19, and that makes me sad, and it makes a lot of basketball players sad. But back in 2016, the OU men's basketball team made it to March Madness and made it pretty far. They made it to the Elite Eight, and it was played in Anaheim, California, and that was special for many reasons. We're playing Oregon, um, and that was a special game because um, obviously we won but he had 37 points. But the big special thing was Kobe was in the stands watching us. So um, yeah, it was a it was a surreal moment. You know what I'm saying? Um, he watched us. I mean, I think that filled that fulfilled Buddy because Buddy that's one of his favorite players. He, he wore the same number as uh, Kobe. So I mean, that was a special moment for us. And um, Kobe was a great guy and just you know giving us good tips. And he was just amazed by Buddy. And that was just a great moment atop of us, you know, advancing to the final four. They made it to the final four, and Kobe was watching them play. That's crazy. I love Kobe Bryant, such an amazing basketball player, such an amazing human being. And it's unfortunate that he passed away earlier this year, but he was there in 2016 watching these guys advance to the final four. After that amazing win, the guys headed over to play Villanova. Hats off to Villanova. You know, Josh Hart, he's currently NBA, played for the Lakers, played, um, currently playing for New, York, New Orleans Pelicans. But, you know, and also Jalen Bresson plays for Dallas Mavericks. But respect to the team and the coach, man, I mean, the fact that we got there, I mean, was just a blessing and um, achievement in the school in itself. I mean, I think the last time OU went to the Final Four was, don't quote me on this, but might have been 2002, might have been 2000, kind of early 2000s. Right. So it was kind of it was big for the school, you know, auto, you know automatically, but and big for Coach Kruger because he's, Coach Kruger, he's taken, he's taken about five different teams to the, to the March Madness, if I'm not, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. So he's has a you know a pedigree of you know excellence, but yeah, I mean it was it was tough. I mean you know throughout the game or even before the game, we were really uh, passionate and hungry because um, we actually had played Villanova the year the few months prior to the game. We actually had beat them, um, actually beat them by like 20, and um, we had their number, but um, you know they they had our number that night. I mean it was a 
a you know hard fought game. We were focused, but I think that you know we may have thought about you know possibly you know we beat them before you know they. But hey, teams teams lose, teams win. But they came out and they shot well. I mean we, it was it wasn't it wasn't too much of our our fault. You know, don't get me wrong, but it's like they they shot like seventy percent from the field. They made a lot of threes. I mean. We messed up on some of our mechanics, you know, defensively wise, and just kind of our rotations. But other than that, I mean, it wasn't. It was. It was. It was their night. I mean, it was meant to be for them. And I'm glad they won the whole thing. I mean, they beat North Carolina with that crazy last second shot. Hats off to them, and they're a great program. And Bola is such a good sportsman. I would have probably just blown up the joint. I would have cried. I would have been so mad, so angry. And here he is championing for the team that they just lost to. After the tournament, the OU basketball team goes back to Norman, Oklahoma and tries to prepare for the next season. While some guys stay there, Bola and a few guys decide to take their talents elsewhere in true LeBron James fashion. A few people left. Um not maliciously or, you know, not out of, you know, hate. It was um, just for a better opportunity. I, like like I said before, when you when you play a role and you um you have that experience and you 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 have success in that role, other opportunities come. So, for example, my coach, um, a few assistant a few assistant coaches on the staff actually had got head coaching offers from other schools, and one of those was Steve Henson, um, my coach. Um, he had he got the um, the head coaching job at UTSA, and um at the time before the Final Four ended, I mean. Obviously, it was a great ride, but I mean, I didn't play that much, you know what I'm saying? But I mean, it was just just the situation. I mean, I practiced, I worked my butt off. I was able to guard guys like Buddy Hill in practice. I did push them and help them out. I was, like I said, I couldn't couldn't ride it any other way. It was great, but I just wanted, I really wanted just just an opportunity to play more. I mean, it wasn't. I loved OU. It was kind of, it was actually a hard decision because I loved OU. Like I said, I had I had some family there. I had a lot of I built a lot of great relationships there, teachers, you know, friends, and just the uh, I was really you know in tune with um, Norman, Oklahoma. But I knew that I wanted just to grow and just kind of be in a different situation. Like I said, Coach Hanson had got the head coaching job at UTSA, and um, our video our video coordinator actually had got the assistant coaching job at UTSA. So two guys from Oklahoma went to UTSA, and I had talked to them um, about my situation. Obviously, they knew me, knew my family, knew what type of student athlete I was, and um. We, we made it happen. I mean, we, um you know, I was able to transfer um and play right away and um just kind of be part of something bigger than myself. Like I said, um before UTSA, they had won like five games before. They weren't really um that um great of a program basketball-wise. And um the heck, the coach, they had let go of their coach. Obviously, Steve Henson uh, stepped in, but I just wanted to rebuild the program and just obviously play a little bit more, but just, you know, come come with um, guys that I already knew and Coach Hanson and Coach Thompson and then just help, you know, be, be uh, those, um, you know, catalysts for change. Oh, yeah, I was really prepared. I mean, <laughs> I mean, going back and just thinking about it, I mean, my confidence was at a, a thousand. I mean, if you if you come off of, I mean, obviously we did lose in the Final Four, but hey, man, like I was, the, the opportunity to just to go to a new school and bring that pedigree of culture of, teamwork of you know dedication just of winning like i said the, right. they the, the team before they weren't really accustomed to winning so i knew that hey like i wasn't in a, i didn't come to utsa to you know to, to take all the minutes just to be the best player no i wanted to really help them win games and just build a culture and we luckily i mean we did i mean we didn't have the best season but we tripled their wins won like 15 games that year and the, and it started bringing um more recruits i mean 
there's there's um two juniors on the team currently uh javon jackson and keenan wallace actually from dallas texas um but they javon jackson he's a he's a junior he he, le he leads utsa all time in, in scoring points he's only a junior and he um he he's a good player he actually played with miles turner javon and miles went to the same high school but javon yeah he's he's doing good as well as keaton but like i said like us bringing that culture there and them bringing Steve Henson on brought recruits like them, brought, you know, people to check out UTSA, want to come visit. Because like I said before, you know, it wasn't that, you know, big of a school, but we you know that culture we brought, it just helped elevating the program. Is that, and that was a goal. That was a goal. So we. From the young boy playing and trying to be like Mike in his living room to the grown man that helped transform the UTSA basketball team. That is Bola, a phenomenal guy and an amazing basketball player. I'm Ayo Kindumila, and this was Clear Minds, Full Hearts. Thank you so much to all the athletes that sit with me and tell me their stories and give me an opportunity to make this podcast. It really wouldn't be possible without them. And thank you to all the studios around the United States that we get to record in. I have a lot of fun meeting people as I travel. And uh, a big thank you to Kalia Fratacangeli, who is our producer and editor. It also literally wouldn't be possible without her.